Welcome to MDA Insights, the podcast where we bring you the latest in training and development trends straight from the experts at MDA Training. episode of MDA Insights will bring you a fresh perspective on the topical L&D issues of the day. So whether you're an HR manager, in learning and development, talent or recruitment, or just somebody who's curious about the latest trends in training and development, MDA Insights is the podcast for you. I'm your host for today, Paul Hewitt, and I'm joined in this, the second podcast in our series of MDA Insights by my co-host, Oz Hussein. So, Oz, what's on the agenda for today? Thank you, Paul. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about on-the-job training as part of a corporate training offering. And joining us as our guest today is Binod Shankar, an executive coach, board member at Heriot Watt, and guest on CNBC and Bloomberg. Binod, thank you for your time today, and welcome to the show. But before we get stuck into today's subject, Binod, what's yes. your experience is just immense. Reading your profile on, on LinkedIn is immense. Tell us a little bit about your experience and what you've been up to recently. Well, I just discovered that Paul has gone back 32 years and dug up something which I had completely forgotten. So I think you would pro- I think I think you would probably know more about my history than I do. <laughs> so, so so a lot of work in the corporate uh, corporate side, guys, basically uh, for 17 years, nearly two decades. In, 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 in accounting, audit, financial analysis, financial control, uh, ended up as finance director at one of the top property development companies in the region. Ended up of corporate life, as you would imagine when you turn 40. You know what they say when you turn 40, right? You get a Porsche and something else happens, but I couldn't afford either. I couldn't afford either. So, so for me, I simply quit corporate life, started my own training company. Fast forward to that, it was acquired by Kaplan about six years ago. And these days, as you said, I'm an executive coach, podcast host, and board member and guest on um, CNBC Bloomberg. And for a second time, appearing uh, as your guest on, on, on your podcast. So thank you guys for having me back. I really appreciate that. Absolute pleasure, Bina. Absolute pleasure. It's great to have you back. You've, you've mentioned, let me start, you've mentioned uh, a couple of occasions and the theme of our podcast today yes. is very much about on-the-job training. Mm. Can you say a bit, of, what, when you talk about on-the-job training, what do you mean? Um, right. How does on-the-job training differ from off-the-job training? And, and why do you think is it more effective? Right. So, so let's start from the definition, right? What is on-the-job training? And I think the best way of saying is to compare with off-the-job training, just classroom training, right? It's basically a teacher talking to a group of students, one to many. On-the-job training is practical training. You're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you're hired for, and you're exposed to everything that happens during a normal job teamwork, deadlines, presentations, communication, etc, etc. So that's that's the definition of on-the-job training. You are actually being trained on the job. 
rather than a classroom. That's my definition to start with. It's the, the difference between off-the-job training, which is what we call it, education, versus mm. on-the-job training, which is mm. job-related skills and behaviours that are driven less about what you know, but more about how you behave and what you do. Is that right? I think you nailed it, absolutely. So exactly, so your education is about the concepts, right? It's about the concept, the theories, the the, the flow, um, the process probably as well. Um, and and on the job is about, absolutely, it's about skills and behaviors. So you might, you might learn the basics of, for example, equity evaluation in the classroom, how to value a stock, for example, or how to analyze financial statements. But then I find uh, that analysts have this big gap between their understanding and their not their skills. When you go to the workplace and start valuing a company, that's when you know that, okay, this is how I should use Excel for advanced financial modeling. And this is how I should value a company. This is what I should look for in a proper financial state. So sometimes that gap between classroom and workplace is small. Sometimes it's large. But that makes it even more important why you should have on-the-job training because all those skills and behaviors, what you mentioned very importantly, the soft skills that people rarely learn in class but are absolutely important uh, at the workplace and which you learn at the workplace. Things like collaboration, negotiation, communication, things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ozzy, over to you. Yeah, so being on, on a job training, you know, it, it can take many, uh, many guises. Yes. What do you view as uh, effective on the job training? Well, I mean, uh, I look at the supervised training as uh, for a sufficient period on tasks that closely resemble the actual job with, and this is very important, with immediate and accurate feedback. I find that's the best from on-the-job training. Yeah. It's also important to and we'll probably cover that later. It's also important that the supervisor has the ability and willingness to train as well. Yeah. It's not enough that you know the job so well, you should also be able to explain it well. And honestly, many can't do both, you know? <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's one of the things that, you know, people grapple with. Another factor is time. These days, because of the push or, or the pressure on margins, too many companies rush this whole on-the-job training process, right? I mean, they're keen to get the new employee working and productive. But rushing this will result in unproductive and stressed out employee who is, you know, comes out as a half-baked product when he hits the workplace. That's something I think we should be very wary about. Um, I think two more things, uh, Oz. One is, it also helps to have a work buddy, or someone at the same level or slightly senior, who the trainee can relate to and talk to as supervisors may not always be accessible. I remember my time in, in a big four 20 years ago. My first day on the job, first week on the job, I felt lost um, because there was no one around. Managers were busy. My my peers were all born on audits, different audits in various parts of the city. I was just struggling going through the files. And I wish I had somebody to guide me there. You know. And the other point is, you know, we talked about education uh, early with Paul and on classroom training. I think on-the-job training should be mixed with classroom training. So you can probably kick off with classroom training where you explain concepts and policies and procedures and you know, core values, mission, mission, blah, blah, blah. And then also talk about the tasks that you'll be doing. And then you go to the on-to-the-up training and you learn all these things and the skills and behaviors. And then you come back to the classroom where you have a recap, you know, sort of, of you know, after action report, as they call in the military, right? An after action report, what happened? 
and then you repeat um, and goes i think that's a good mix of of uh, of classroom training and on the job training so i think this is i think the key points to keep in mind if one has to learn an effective on the job training program okay okay it it sounds it sounds been like as you say on the job training gives you the job related skills mm. the off the job training gives you like the theory the framework and, and and the challenge if i read this right with the off the job training is a bit like the accountant who knows the cost of anything and the value of nothing so off the job training can take you educationally a, a, a bit Yes, but you need that practical focus, that practical hands-on approach under the guidance of a mentor to really drill at home. Exactly. And and the best example of this Paul is the chartered accountancy program for example. I'm a chartered accountant and every good chartered accountancy program anywhere in the world, the UK or India or or other places, you have an article ship and you also have the exams and the curriculum. and you have to do the article ship under the guidance of an experienced chartered accountant in a ca chartered accountancy firm in a public accounting firm on the same time that you're actually preparing for and writing this tough exams and trying to pass them so at the end of two or three or four years you basically have you've nailed all the concepts you've passed the exams but you also have a good exposure working on the job on accounting and audit and tax and due diligence and things like that So and that's why you know chartered accountants from good CA programs turn out to be pretty good at at at, um, at actually when they come out they know what they're doing and and that's the same thing for the CFA program as well you know they insist on 3 years of experience before you get the charter and i think a lot of this certification programs have that requirement that you must have had um, basically work uh, what do you call related experience what they call qualifying work experience before they give you the formal title or charter or whatever they call it. that sounds about as long as uh, you've been working for isn't it 200 years <laughs> thanks mate <laughs> thanks mate in that in that case i'm going to continue with you, you talk you talk about the charter you talk about that critical role like guiding role on the job but yes. in other words the mentor almost is key yes but, but in our experience some mentors can i suggest uh, can't really teach or train very well how how do you ensure that relationship when it's on the job works and works well this is the squillion dollar question isn't it <laughs> I mean, yes. so That's so exactly and this is exactly what i touched upon earlier most people can either do or teach but mm. rarely both you know and 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 mentoring and training all are two very different activities so mentoring is highly personalized long duration delivered by domain expert right in whatever domain it is while training is usually the opposite hence it's very tough to find a mentor who can teach and vice versa and it's ideal to have it have both of them done by the same person so i mean one solution um, if companies can afford it they're able and willing to is to have hr and lnd teams focused on running maybe workshops and mentoring you know to 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 the people who are not used to mentoring can learn how to mentor Yeah. Now also get a short you know this course train the trainer sessions for teaching the managers how to be at least impart the basic skills um uh, on behaviors of a, of a, of a trainer. So but but I it's very interesting you mentioned that I think so I remember when I was running my training company and I was talking to a friend and he said what do you look for in your trainers and I said you know 
uh, communication skills, qualification, experience. And he said something which I never forgot. He said, no, you know, we should be looking for people's skills. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is true. I mean, you yeah, can have yeah. all the domain expertise and experience and and smarts, <laughs> but if you can't, if you don't have a strong bias for dealing with it and helping people, what's the use? So I think, and once you have that skill of dealing with people, then I think the domain expertise and training skills will happen because you have this, you have this desire to make an impact. So you will do things to you know upgrade yourself to be a good mentor and trainer. At least that's my that's yeah. my thing. I don't know what you guys think about. It. Well, I, I think very much from what you're saying there as well, you know, is, you know, a lot of time we come in to do our training, you know, quite often the question you're asked is, well, how are you going to measure how effective this is? You yeah, know, yeah. you're putting in, how are you going to demonstrate the return? You know, right. it's the, you know, again, the million dollar question that you get asked. Exactly. Uh, and I think almost some of the things that you're saying here, are linking into that, and, you know, and so, in, but so the question I got for you is, well, how, how can you measure the effectiveness of on the job training? That feels even harder than, say, a classroom based solution. Well, as, as a finance person, I always look at things from the ROI perspective, obviously. So yeah. you want to see an return on investment. But there are two ways of doing this. One is, of course, to get a written structured feedback from the trainee um, after the on job training on specific parameters related to on the job training, right? This could be about duration of training, quality of training trainee's confidence level post the training effectively, right? The second is, you know, um, actual on-the-job performance post-train, right? I mean, after all, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And yeah. here, the effectiveness can be easily measured based on relevant key performance indicators, KPIs, right? I mean, so I used to run the company and, and we used to constantly be recruiting new salespeople. And once they complete the on-the-job training, which could be for three to four weeks, then you start looking at specific KPIs like percentage conversion of leads and the right. dollar amount of sales in a month or a quarter or whatever period you want to measure. So it becomes very quantifiable. Yeah. And so I think a, a good mix is, you know, how effective was the training or during the training and then how how much has he learned and how much is he applying that on the job, you know? Um, I mean, the trainer might be a great guy, brilliant, etc. And he gets top feedback. But how much has a trainee learned and applied on the job? And how much how how is it reflecting the outcomes that we want to achieve uh, from that person? Which is the second part, right? Uh, yeah. on the job performance. Exactly. Yeah. But two ways, yeah. But but it sounds as well, if I if I'm right, it, it, it's almost like as well that as part of this mentor arrangement, hmm. those people who know can now start to lead others. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. In other words, it's not just the the return on investment in terms of the learner, but actually, as I start mentoring others, I must start yes. learning to lead and understand an element more in terms of my own managerial career moving forward. It sounds like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. Well, absolutely. I, I tell people who want to mentor, who are mentoring, that looks it's not a one-way, it's not it's not a one-way street. You are mentoring someone, but by, like you said, exactly. When you're mentoring someone, you discover a lot about yourself, about about how you mentor, about your communication skills, about your gaps, about about your your values, your mindset, and and you should become a better mentor, probably a better leader as well, because all these are useful for leadership development as well, right? So I think I think some of the better leaders you find out there, you know, uh, actually are good mentors as well. Uh, it's it's not a coincidence, I think. That they happen to be good mentors and great leaders. I think these two go very well hand in hand.
that's all for today's episode of MDA Insights. At MDA Training, we take a unique approach to training and development. We don't just focus on the theory, we focus on real-world application of that theory. We work with our clients to understand their specific needs and design experiential training solutions to meet those needs. But it's not just about the training. We work with our clients to help them achieve measurable results and create real behavior change in the workplace. We hope you found this information valuable from our podcast today. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. We'll be back next week with more insights and expert advice. Thanks for listening.